Hello, and welcome to the Just Bible No Fluff podcast. My name is Katie, and here it's all about the unfiltered Bible without any extras. Join me for a focused journey through faith, uncovering the truths that truly matter. In today's episode, we will be uncovering some biblical truths from Mark chapter 8, verses 31, through Mark chapter 9, verse 1. So grab your Bibles and let's dive in. The text reads, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If any one comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whatever is ashamed, who for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in his adulterous and sinful generation, Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Okay, so now let's zoom out. So the book of Mark was said to be written by John Mark, who worked with Peter and Paul. So chapters 1 through 8 that we see before the section that we're in, they this section tells us who Jesus was and what his message is. So then where we are in the text at the end of chapter 8 and at the very beginning of chapter 9, This is the part of the section that starts to tell us that the disciples just aren't seeing who Jesus really is. And here in this text in particular, we see that Peter wasn't really aware of what Jesus was here to do. He saw Jesus as the person who was going to save them. He wasn't seeing that having faith in Jesus means giving up things. So let's dive in to chapter 8, verse 31, and let's go over this section. So it begins and says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So he's telling them what's going to happen. He's saying that I am the son of man. 
I'm going to suffer by the people that should not be causing him to suffer. Because who are the elders and the chief priests and the scribes? They're the people that should have known who Jesus was because they knew he was coming. And then it says he will be killed. And then in three days, he will rise again. So he's telling them plainly what is about to happen because his time in ministry is almost done at this point. And then in verse 32, it says he said it plainly. So he's, he told them, he said, this is what's going to happen. This is what my future is. This is not what this might not be what you guys have planned, but this is what I have planned. And in verse 32, it continues and it says, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter was rebuking Jesus and Jesus just told his followers his plan. So Peter wasn't getting it. He was rebuking Jesus because that wasn't what he envisioned Jesus's, Jesus should be and what Jesus should do for his life. He was seeing Jesus just as the elders and the chief priests, chief priests were, as someone who would come and save the Jewish people. So at this point in verse 33, it says, But turning and seeing his disciples, this is Jesus, he rebuked Peter. So Peter just rebuked him. Now he's rebuking Peter in front of the disciples. And what does he say? He says, get behind me, Satan. He says this to make a point. He's saying that if you're trying to make me go away from the path and the things I should be doing, that's Satan. And he continues and says, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So isn't this our problem also? Jesus was telling Peter that he, Peter, was thinking about the things he expected Jesus to do or to be in his life. And he wasn't thinking about what God's plan was for not just this, but for everyone's lives. He was saying, get behind me, Satan, because you are obviously not thinking about what God's plan is. You're trying to think about what your plans are, which is very harsh. But also, don't we need to hear those words from Jesus? In verse 34, it continues and it says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, so now he's talking to the crowd, and it says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So Jesus is giving us a couple things that we also need to think about. So if you have come to Jesus, that's where we're at. That's the first step. It says, if anyone would come to him. So now what do we have to do after coming to him? We need to do three things. We need to deny ourselves. We have to take up our cross and we have to follow him. So denying ourselves. This is exactly the idea of what he just told Peter. 
are we setting our minds on God or the world? By denying ourselves means we're also denying the world. Taking up our cross, the cross for Jesus, was his own instrument of death. Jesus literally had to carry his instrument of death on his back up the hill to be crucified. Are we carrying our cross? What is our cross? The things we want to do that we have to give up. The things that we need to let go and not let us not let it bind us. We have to carry our cross. It's not going to be something easy. Our cross is Jesus and we have to we have to take up our cross and go up the hill regardless of the people mocking us and telling us we should do different things. Regardless of the decisions we would rather be making the easy choices, the bad choices in life, choosing the world. And what's the last thing? Follow him. He just told Peter to set his mind on God. By following him, we're setting our minds on God. And then he continues in verse 35 and it says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Are we giving up the things in the world that would lose it to save our lives, to choose God. And in verse 36, it continues and said, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to forfeit his soul? So he's saying if we're choosing the world, then we're losing our soul. But if we're choosing God, we're gaining our soul. We're gaining eternal life. But we have to choose. It's two choices. Set your things on God or set your things on the world. And after that, in verse 38, it says, For what can man give in return for his soul? Our souls are priceless. There's nothing that's worth trading it for. In verse 38, it says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So he's saying, by choosing the world, by selling your soul, basically, for your soul is priceless, but you're putting a price on it by saying, I would trade it for just taking the easy route in the world by not setting my brain where it should be all the time for God. And he's saying here that if we don't do that, if we're making the easy choice in choosing the world, we're saying we're ashamed of God. And he said, those who are ashamed, I will be ashamed when the time comes, when I come to gather all of the believers. And then he concludes this section in chapter 9, verse 1. And Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. 
So are we standing? Are we the ones standing there? Or are we not? Will we taste death by losing our soul? Or will we save ourselves by setting our minds on the things of God? Are you standing and taking the easy path? Or are you taking up your cross and choosing your soul and God? So today, will you lose your soul? How can we set our minds on God and not the things of man? I would say the most important and valuable thing that we can give up in our lives is time. Our time is valuable. We either fill it up with the things we want to do in the world. That's the easy choice. That's what everyone typically does. They fill their day up so full of things that they don't leave room for God. So your time every day is priceless. But will you sacrifice some of it for God every day? Leave time, scheduled time, for your relationship with God so you can get your day or your evening or your mind, whenever it is, you could get your mind set on God. The less time with God, the more time we're in the world. Is our mind in the world or with God? Will you fill your mind with the world or with God? And will you save your soul today? So today, choose to set your mind on God and choose to save your soul. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Just Bible No Fluff podcast. New episodes every Monday. Remember, the beauty of the Bible lies in its direct impact on our lives. Stay connected. Stay faithful and keep diving into the unfiltered wisdom of God's Word. Until next time, this is Katie signing off, wishing you a day filled with purpose and faith.